0: And welcome, everybody, to the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Keegan Thompson and Aiden Haller. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
1: Doing well. A uh, Nice little break from recording for us. I know we all uh, got a little time off for the 4th of July weekend and a couple days after that. So vibes are high. I'm ready to talk some football. And yeah, man, just ready to give people some more previews. Keegan, what about you? I know you've been busy the last week or so. Tell the people i here. Oh,
2: yeah. Big busy. Been uh, Just got back from Oxford, Ohio today. By the way, underrated college campus, Miami, Ohio. Don't know how many of you will ever make it out there, but what a beautiful little campus that is. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm ready to talk some divisional previews. I'm excited to talk some fantasy football with the boys. It's been quite a bit since we last talked, so Looking forward to it. Go, go Red Redhawks, baby!
0: Did not think that was the direction go Red Hawks. you were going to take it. Was some Red Hawks chatter. Um, I, I didn't know if I was expecting that. Keegan has been yeah. in what, like Arizona, Ohio? I don't know what this guy's been up to. Nashville, at, but Nashville, he's been sought he's, after. He's just, he's a sought after guy. What a yeah. what a great booming uh, social calendar you have, Keegan.
2: I'm uh, eating sour skittles, getting me fired up, I'm ready to go.
1: Sean, how was your trip out to Tahoe? Uh, my
0: trip out to Tahoe was fantastic. I spent a week out there with my family, my fiance, my dogs. It was epic. I went in the lake every single day. So it was kind of everything I could have uh, needed. I I went from being like pasty white to just being white, which I think is a big step up for me. Um, I even have a bit of a farmer's tan on my arms. So like not an even tan but we are making progress here fellas. On today's episode, we have episode 2 of our team by team fantasy football previews where we go division by division to find each team's most relevant fantasy storylines. On episode 1 of our team by team previews, we covered the NFC East and North. Next up, we have the NFC South and West. I don't know why I chose East and North and South and West. I feel like I <laughs> kind of missed a gimme there, but we're different here. We're taking a different angle on the regression to the mean podcast. Before we get into that, today's episode of the Regression to the Mean podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best ball on Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Just draft your team and that's it. No waivers, trades, or weekly start-sit decisions. Underdog will automatically play your best players at each position every week. Sign up today with promo code RTM, again, RTM, to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. You can sign up for as little as $10 to start drafting today. NFC East and North, fellas. Kicking things off, we have Aiden talking to us about his beloved New Orleans Saints. Do you have a future bet yet on them winning the division? Because if you don't, you should go log it. Because you love this team. Tell us a little bit why you love the New Orleans Saints, Aiden.
1: Yeah, not yet. The only future that's currently in is Bears over 7.5. That is Bears higher, 7.5 and Yeah, so that's the only one right now. But getting back to the Saints, um, I think the biggest storyline here, obviously, that we're all excited about is kind of how high is the ceiling for Chris Olave with the addition of Derek Carr. He finished last year as wide receiver 25 with just over 13 points a game i think we're gonna see a pretty massive jump from him um going back to that stat line that was a little over 70 catches about a thousand yards and four touchdowns i think we see him closer to 100 yards probably jump another 30 receptions probably about another 400 yards to get to the maybe the 1400 1500 yard mark and i'd say his touchdowns also double Ford with does not feel like enough with Derek carr especially with his ability to take the deep shot so i think he definitely gets into that wide receiver one range this year in terms of those top 12 wide receivers. So we'll see. I'm really excited for Chris Olave. I think that's really the only person on that team that I'm dying to target. I know some people are a little cautious about Michael Thomas returning. And to be honest, I'm not. Uh, A fun stat that I saw from our guy Kev, aka the Road Toast Surgeon, was that Harry has the same amount of yards and touchdowns as Michael Thomas since 2020. Harry. Hasn't been good. Uh, Michael Thomas can't stay on the field. If you're targeting Michael Thomas in any format, just go ahead. If you have any open seats in your league, I'd love to join. Um, I'd love to join. And then, I don't know. I know we're all kind of curious about what's going on with the running back room there, too. It's a bit of a mess. Uh, The longer we go on in the summer without clarity on Alan Kamara, it's just... It's really confusing to know how that's going to unfold. I think, in terms of targeting the running backs, your probably best bet is to target them in best ball. I'm fine taking some of those guys at their ADP in best ball, but going all in on Kamara, Jamal Williams, or Kendra Miller in your redraft league just doesn't feel very safe. Yeah, I'd say the biggest storyline here is Chris Olave
0: to the moon. Aiden, I have a question for you, or Keegan too, when you're done eating your fucking sour Skittles. I've got a question. Okay, so I think it's pretty clear Chris Olave leads this team in targets next season. Who sure. is the second target earner in this offense out of, say, Kamara, Slant Boy, uh, Kendre Miller, Jawan Johnson? Who is the number two target in this Saints offense behind Chris Olave this season? Michael Thomas. Okay, we have Michael Thomas. Aiden. I don't think he's going to say healthy enough, dude. Say it. I want you to say it. I know you want to say it, Aiden. I say believe in you. Rashid Shaheed. Rashid. Oh, Shahid. whoa! I thought you were gonna go Jawan Johnson. I forgot about Rashid. No, Shahid.
1: no, I'm, 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 a big JJ guy. I'm going uh, Rashid. Shahid. Uh, again, I think his skill set really matches up with Derek Carr's. You know, deep threat and stretching the field abilities too. So, I, I just don't see Michael Thomas playing more than like eight games. That dude is dust at this point. It's like his inability to stay on the field is concerning. So, I'm going Rashid. Shahid. Boom! Wow, that's my answer.
0: I'm going. I'm going. Jawan Johnson or Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is still a sleeper okay. to be second yeah. in targets in this team. I wouldn't be that surprised. Do you really think Michael Thomas is going to play Keegan? I, it's so tough. I mean, we're <laughs> in. What, what is
2: it? It's July. I'm like trying to project like if he's going to play a full season or not. Like right now, I'm just assuming that he's healthy, and I'm going to go ahead and say that he'll lead the team and tar. Or he'll be second in targets behind Olave. This is also an offense that I think was like. 26th in p- pass attempts last year like it's pretty conservative play calling so there's not actually a ton of targets to go around for the saints next year in general so it could be a toss-up at the two spot i think shaheed is a great deep threat and definitely a fun late round flyer for fantasy but if alvin Kamara is gonna miss six games i think it could be michael thomas some quick short intermediate slant stuff like middle of the field play Um, I think he'll rack up some targets as long as he stays healthy. He'd be a good target for Derek Carr.
1: Massive if. Massive if. Of course. Of course.
0: Something that's not a massive if is that Arthur Smith is still the coach of the Falcons and still looks like a vampire. He still does look like a vampire, Mr. Arthur Smith. Keegan... Tell us a little bit. No one laughed at my vampire joke. I feel a little <laughs> deflated there. I didn't even get a laugh, a smirk. He does look like a I'm, Count I'm, Dracula I'm, type. He huh? lo- thank, thank you. He does look yeah, like, like Count Dracula. Thank, I, 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 I want that. to run the ball. <laughs> 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 Solid. Keegan, tell us a little bit about the Atlanta Falcons That's heading huge. into the 2020. <laughs> That's big for the program here. Tell us a little bit about the 2023 Falcons.
2: Oh, man, I mean, I don't want to talk about Bijan too much, but the obvious thing is, like, this is going to be a run-heavy offense team again. Uh, They spent significant draft capital on Bijan Robinson. Um, They also still have Tyler Algier, and they are going to run the damn ball again, and they're going to establish it. But I do not think they're going to establish it at the level that they did last year. Uh, What's interesting about the Falcons is... I don't know that the fantasy community or even us in general are super high on Desmond Ritter, but the entire offensive team, well, between Pitts, London, Bijan, and Algier are priced as if we believe in Desmond Ritter. So I think among the community and among fantasy circles, there is belief that there is good fantasy value to be had in some of these skilled players on the Falcons. Moving on to the pass catchers. It's really Pitts, and it's London, and that's it. I mean, uh, quickly, off the top of your head, somebody tell me who wide receiver three is for the Atlanta Falcons right now.
0: Uh,
1: uh, Zacchaeus. Isn't is Scotty Zacchaeus Miller still on there? the squad? <laughs> oh,
0: I know uh, who it uh, is. Scotty
1: Miller. No, it's Scotty uh, Miller. No,
0: it's no, it's not. It's, I know who it is. I was just I'm, seeing it Oh, it's Matt Collins. It's Matt Collins. I knew it. Oh, it's right. Cadeiral Hodge. I didn't know J.J. Arcega. Okay. Wow, that receiver! Wide receiver sucks.
1: three. To your question is technically Scotty Miller. No, it,
2: no, it's probably Matt
1: Collins. Matt
2: Collins. Okay, he, oh, he wide no, right. no,
1: receiver
0: two. Right, he wide receiver two. You're right. It's third pass catcher. <laughs> Oh, geez, that receiving course. It's so however insane.
2: you want to look at it. But the point I'm trying to make is, is it's really Pitts in London. And that's it. And that's who yeah. you're targeting in fantasy and that's who that matters. And you know, luckily for Scottie Miller and Matt Collins and Kadero Hodge, last year Falcons used three wide receiver sets on thirty 35% of the time. They were thirty first in the league and three wide receiver sets last year. So, really, it's London, Pitts, it's Bijan, it's Algier, and anything after that is just crumbs for the taking. So, I think as far as fantasy goes, you're drafting Bijan already kind of... Yeah, it's great. I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I think... How they run their offense and how they like plan to roll out their offense this year with I'd expect some more play action, like lots of deep shots. There's a lot of missed balls left out on the field for Pitts and London in general, like having one of the lowest catchable ball rates in the entire NFL last year. So I think they're priced accordingly in fantasy. I think Drake London is a stud. I think Kyle Pitts has plenty of room for bounce back. I think people are freaking out about not wanting to touch him this year after he had a just weird outlier of a quarterback season. And then, you know, just quickly, as far as it goes for Bijan, let's listen to this. 32 rookie running backs have posted a top 24 PPR per game production over the past 10 years, minimum of eight games. 25 of those 32, so that's 78% were selected inside the first three rounds. And 10 of the 12 first-round running, running backs drafted since 2015 racked up 197-plus touches in their debut campaign. So that's we're talking... Chills. Yes. I mean, it's going to be Bijan all day. It's it's all day. And I think the my favorite part of this offense is is probably the pits discount that you can get on a freak tight end. And you're also going to get a discount on a late round running back flyer who's perfect for zero RB builds in Tyler
0: Algier. I kind of love the Falcons this year. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. What are your thoughts on Tyler Algier? Like it kind of being a committee out of the gates because I know that sounds insane, but this is Arthur Smith we're talking about, and it would be peak Arthur Smith to have Tyler Algier get like 8 to 10 carries a game. Do we think that happens? Because I'm kind of nervous. It would be, but
2: I won't make that a call or think that it happens until we get into like full-blown like preseason and like training camp practice um, and you start hearing some more things because, look, Bijan is such a special talent, and I'm not knocking Tyler Algier, He's actually a great running back. He was great in college. He had a great rookie year. We think Arthur Smith is a donkey, Sean, and he wound up in our fantasy jail a lot last year, but I don't think anybody's that much of a donkey to keep somebody off the field like Bijan. So I'm not too worried about it, but I do think there's a lot
1: of touches to go around for both running backs. I was thinking about it, actually, to Sean's question, and I think there's actually a world where that happens because I think there's going to be a lot of times where both running backs are on the field and you kind of motion out Bijan or something to get that light box. So at first, I was shaking my head like, that's crazy, but they can coexist on the field together. They're going to put Bijan in the slot, like we've been watching him in OTAs. So actually, I do think that is possible. I don't think that's as crazy as you know the thought may sound.
2: They've got four good players, boys, and all four of them are finger fr- think are relevant to they an extent. Eat.
0: They're going to eat. That's pretty cool. I was I was looking through JJ Zacharyson's prospect model. JJ was going through um, wide receivers in their rookie seasons. Um, that had comparable statistics to what drake london put up in his first season as a rookie and he essentially has this prospect score and drake london came in at a 98.4 percent prospect score in his rookie season his year two model has him favorably compared to julio jones mike evans and justin blackman and that, on average, a prospect that finishes with a 98.4 percent prospect score in their first season goes on to average 18 fantasy points per game in year two. So that's Sign kind of the rarefied air that Drake London is in. I think Pitts at ADP at 68 is an absolute smash. Somebody Same. who isn't, somebody who isn't really a smash is Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't think I will be drafting any <laughs> Baker Mayfield. And I'm approaching this Buccaneers offense very tepidly. So I understand that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are absolute ballers. We are huge fans of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on this podcast. But the QB situation is an issue for Tampa Bay, supporting both of these wide receivers, because Baker Mayfield is not Tom Brady. Now, I think that Baker Mayfield could have a decent bounce-back season and be palatable at least for these two wide receivers, but not enough people are talking about the eventual passing volume regression that's coming from the Bucks. So in 2021, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers averaged 43 pass attempts per game, which led the league. Usually when you lead the league in pass attempts, you regress back to the mean. Shout out uh the regression of the mean podcast promo code rtm go draft an underdog. But typically when you lead the league in passing, you will regress. In 2022, they said, hold my beer, and threw the ball two more times per game and led the league for back-to-back seasons. So again, in both of those seasons in 2021 and 2022, they were four more pass attempts per game than the next team. With Baker Mayfield, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be throwing at that clip anymore. I think this could be a more balanced offense, which could lead to a decrease in both volume and efficiency, which kind of seems like nightmare fuel for both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I understand the talent is there, but volume is down and efficiency is probably going to be down as well, which means I guess both of these guys are relatively cheap at ADP given that their talent, you have Mike Evans in the seventh round, which kind of feels like stealing and Chris Godwin in like the sixth, fifth, like both these guys are accurately priced for that decrease in efficiency and volume, but kind of just seems like a stay away. Like if both of these guys are quite good, I I can just live with it. You know, but everyone in this offense is relatively cheap and they do have good players on the team still. Like they're not complete dust. So I'm curious to know how you're approaching it.
2: I, th- I think it sucks, first off, for Mike Evans. i you know. big president of Mike Evans fan club here. Me and Aiden are co leading that, I think, for yeah. sure. But there's offense. Oh, I'm in that. Come off- on here. Yeah. Of course, of course.
0: Don't snipe me. I've been a card
2: carrying member for years. (laughs) Of course, of course. I think there's still fantasy value in this offense, believe it or not. Rashad White to me feels like a guy that you just grab in a zero RB build and he's gonna amass volume and he's gonna catch targets out of the backfield and it's not gonna be pretty, but it's gonna be James Conner light. You know, if if James Conner was a bud heavy, you know, Rashad White is a bud light, basically. And oh my god! People somebody, are going to
0: stop listening to this podcast now because you mentioned Bud Light. <laughs> that, that was not a political take. No, I'm just fuck around. What were you saying?
2: Um, and then Chris Godwin too, because of his game is better fit to a quarterback that can't really throw more than 15 yards, aka Baker Mayfield. So I think Chris Godwin's that value. And if Mike Evans falls in the draft, and I'm he's like two rounds past ADP, I'm probably going to grab him. You know, it's still Mike Evans. I mean, in the it eight. Sucks.
0: In the is eighth round, not, like I mean, that kind of feels like stealing. I guess team
2: is is
1: good. It's just their quarterback is so bad. It, it's really, really bad. That's a big problem for him. I think his I think his streak of a thousand plus yards is in <laughs> serious danger. For, huh? I'm I'm still scooping up Godwin though. I think he only got better as the year went on, coming off his ACL. And like you mentioned, like Noodle Arm Baker, I think he's still going to get plenty of volume. So I'm actually still pretty bullish on Chris Godwin this year. But yeah, Mike Evans probably more of a best ball guy for me because he's going to have those pop games. But man, having those consistent games that he's used to in the world, used to in the fantasy world is, they're not going to happen very often this year.
2: Sean, I was so excited for second year Kate Otten breakout last year. It's all I could, it's all I could dream about. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he I'm, was a I'm, rookie, not- I thought. <laughs> wasn't
0: Kate Otten a rookie? That's, That's what I'm seeing. Last yeah. year, when
2: he was a rookie, all I could dream about was his second year breakout season at the tight end position. And I'm going to get wrong no, no one's no talking one's about No one's talking about Kate Otten anymore. No one's I, one's what's going on?
1: Why is that? No one's talking, no one's about, talking Kate about about. No one's talking There's about no dialogue Kate Kate being had. There's no dialogue. None. Why is he on the we,
0: we might be the first people to mention
1: <laughs> oh, Kate, Kate Otten. we to in, talk about Kate in, Otten
0: in, in months. Uh, so, left Aiden, you are a major fan. Of Mike Evans but this last team in the NFC South not the biggest fan and Keegan and I we always wonder why you're rooting for the Carolina Panthers to not be good (laughs) I wonder why the Bears might have their pick but Aiden tell us a little bit about the Carolina Panthers fantasy prospects in 2023 this is a bit of a
1: dark hole in my opinion in terms of your fantasy prospects this year I don't think there's a lot of guys that are going to be winning you leagues on this roster. Um, you know, just starting with the quarterback position, typically rookie quarterbacks don't produce very much their first year, especially guy like Bryce Young, who doesn't have a ton of rushing upside. So again, exactly. not very high on him, um, which to probably like your kind of number one guy that like you would be targeting on this team. And that's Miles Sanders, which, you know, I have mixed feelings about um, we continue to get reports that this is a three-down back that's going to get a ton of volume. Um, Hasn't been a great pass catcher since his rookie year, but he's getting paid like a three-down back, and it's really just Chuba Hubbard behind him. But at ADP, it's just... It really doesn't do it for me um in my rankings a couple of running backs i've got in a similar range are guys like damian pierce jameer gibbs uh who else i got naji harris a little ahead of that it's just not someone that i'm very comfortable with taking at that position i'd rather take one of those other running backs i mentioned or continue to stack some of those other wide receivers so again i i could completely eat it and be wrong on miles sanders it's just i I just don't don't see the buzz that a lot of people are very high on. And then aside from that, like if if you could pick out right now, who's going to be the number one wide receiver in terms of fantasy for the Carolina Panthers? Go ahead and give me your crystal. Is it the ghost of Adam Thielen? Is the Terrace Marshall breakout season finally upon us? Is it Jonathan Mingo? I don't know. If you're targeting any of them, go ahead. The best way to like for me to sum up the Carolina Panthers is just like best ball, best ball, best ball. Is like I feel much more comfortable taking swings at best ball because I just think like there's going to be so much inconsistency with this offense. The defense actually will keep them in games. I'd love for them to go 0 and 17, but that's probably not going to happen. They're probably going to win you know half a dozen games and be a scrappy team. But I don't know. It's really dark. What do you got? Are you trying to scoop up anyone on this Panthers offense this year? I do like Miles Sanders at price.
2: He's going to be like a zero RB guy. He's a guy who's going to be a three-down workhorse for a team that, sure, won't be very good, but volume. And if I'm in a redraft league and he's sitting around there and I went on a heavy R wide receiver build in the beginning, I'm into it. Also, I think Hayden Hurst has some good best ball value um I'm going to continue to believe in Terrace Marshall Jr. until the wheels fall off because I've already signed up for that car ride and there's no getting out now so but I don't really want anything to do with Thielen I don't know what to think about Mingo and Bryce Young like not this year I just gotta let him do his thing this year maybe a late best ball flyer if I need some like late stacks because I got sniped on somebody but other than that I kind of like Sanders, obviously Terrace Marshall Jr. and Hayden Hurst, but that's about it.
0: I'm intrigued in a sense because this division isn't very good. The defenses aren't that good. I think Bryce Young is a floor raiser. I think he'll be good when he comes in. I don't know about for fantasy purposes. You kind of nailed it, Aiden, in terms of rushing. I think Miles Sanders is the guy you have to circle on this team, and I think you need to come away with an opinion because Keegan's right. Just like last year, he's going to be floating around in the middle of rounds. And he has that kind of lead back workhorse vibe. Now, he did split the backfield last year and played in the best rushing attack in the NFL, and he benefited greatly from it. He may see a decrease in efficiency this season in Carolina on a worse team, but if he is on the field for every down and he is catching passes, you got to take him seriously. I don't, now, I don't know if I'm buying yeah, that we'll yet. That. I, you, you, yeah, if he's going to play all three downs and catch the ball... That offensive line's good enough. Frank Reich's a good enough coach. He's talented enough where he may sneak in on like a top 16, top 14 running back season. I just don't know if I believe it. Frank Reich's the same head coach who said, draft name Hines. How did that go for us? I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I think I'd rather stay away, but... I can see why people are intrigued and some smart people are intrigued. So I think that's kind of the the focal point. Terrace Marshall might be a decent shot in the dark, but I think this offense is going to be pretty, pretty slow. I don't know. I I think this is, yeah, I I think this is a, a good defense, try and control the ball team to start the year. And maybe they win some games and shock some people, but. They're a couple injuries away from being one of the worst teams in football again. So I I think I'm good. I don't think I need a ton of Carolina Panthers this year, especially if I'm counting on Miles Sanders. But changing gears here, (laughs) away from the NFC South to the NFC West, I'm seeing Aiden, who assigns all of our teams. Shout out Aiden Haller, our team assigner. We appreciate you. Aiden gave me the San Francisco 49ers. I think that was very kind of you, Aiden, to give me the 49ers, considering um, you know, I think about them every single day. A bit of a fan. Yeah, a bit of a fan, bit of a fan. And that was not hyperbole. I'm just in the shower randomly thinking about who is going to start for the 49ers at quarterback this season. And I feel like that's really the only place to start this whole entire discussion on the San Francisco 49ers. And what's so fascinating about Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, and I'm I'm discounting Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's a backup. I'm already seeing reports that the, the Packers are interested in trading for Sam Darnold when he inevitably loses the quarterback competition. I don't think they will, but Sam Darnold, I do not think, is going to be named the starter next season. When I think between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, what's really interesting is I did that quarterback study, uh, quarterback breakout study of the last 10 years worth of ADP. And oddly enough, both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy fall into that projected breakout candidate for quarterback. And I'm defining a breakout as four plus points per game versus their baseline points per game ADP round average. So if a 12th round guy on average, a quarterback scores 14 points a game, I'm deeming that a breakout if they score 18 plus a game, right? So both of these guys will most likely be late round quarterbacks. So around 11 to 14, both are 23 years old and both will be playing in their first full year as a starter. So Brock Purdy's profile looks really similar to 2016 rookie Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is pretty much the only young breakout at quarterback that wasn't a first-round pick. But if you look at all the other breakouts of quarterbacks aged 22 to 24 who were drafted in the late rounds playing in their first, second, or third years or their first year as a starter, here is the list of first-round quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Blake Bortles, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, and you also have Jalen Hurts as a second rounder, and you have Gardner Minshew and Dak Prescott, who are later round picks. So you're looking at this list, and I'm not saying Trey Lance is one of these guys, but he's a first-round quarterback, playing in his first year as a starter, aged 23 years old, going in the late rounds. He fits the profile, and ironically, so does Brock Purdy. And I've been thinking about this a lot, Because the 49ers are posturing that Brock Purdy is the unquestioned starter. And I understand where they're coming from considering how well he played last season. But it would be absolute malpractice to trade all of those draft picks for Trey Lance. Pick him third, understanding that he is the rawest quarterback prospect in the past two or three years. And then only give him four starts. That is malpractice. You should be fired if you do that. I'm sorry. That is a terrible way to manage a football team. I understand you may have struck oil with Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft, but I think there is a higher likelihood of Trey Lance being a long-term NFL star than Brock Purdy. I just do. And if Brock Purdy's coming from an advantageous place because he played four years and has all those reps underneath him, knows how to play quarterback. Trey Lance doesn't. And he's never going to know unless they play him. And I think Kyle Shanahan knows that. I think Kyle Shanahan wants to play Trey Lance. And I, when his 2023 season starts... Trey Lance will be starting for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I don't know if he's going to keep the job wow. all year. But really? I think he is going to start week one. Nice. I, th-
1: I didn't know In you part, were going to go that way.
0: I, I told you. I've been thinking about it a lot. But remember, you can't trust a word that these motherfuckers tell you. You cannot. No. You can, think of, that- do you remember the Elijah Mitchell-Trey Sermon deb- debacle? Like, they said Trey Sermon was the starter at the start of the season. It's like Elijah Mitchell is the starting running back. He's going to be the guy this season. The beat reporters are not that locked in. I understand Brock played really well. I respect Brock. Brock, like I love him like like a brother. That's my. If I saw Brock Purdy, I'd give him a bear hug. I love that guy. I fucking love that guy. Brock looks like he
1: could be like your cousin on like on like your like sister side or something.
0: He's the man. I. It's not about anti Brock. It's like you drafted Trey. You gotta play him. I'm sorry. You just and if he sucks, you go to Brock. But you you have to play him. That is malpractice not to play Trey Lance. That's that's where I'm at. I think Trey Lance is going to start the season as the starting quarterback. I don't wow. know if he finishes it.
1: I completely agree. I think it's malpractice not to give him a shot. Like his overall skill set is is far superior to Brock Purdy. But like, will he ever learn how to be an NFL quarterback and stay healthy? I don't know. But Maybe I, not. But, but you have to figure that out. Like. I think we've kind of already seen like Brock Purdy's ceiling, um, and it's a pretty yes. good game manager, like above <laughs> yeah. average, maybe average quarterback play, like with his skill set. Like I think we've literally seen his ceiling. We haven't seen Trey Lance's, and I do think it's much higher. So we'll see.
0: I went on a bit of a rant there. <laughs> I don't. I can't see Keegan. Keegan smiling. I thought you were frozen as a statue. I thought you were frozen. There. <laughs> He's just Aiden. locked in. Aiden i'm sorry, I am just dripping in sweat from that rant. That was intense. That was an intense one um, Aiden <laughs> shifting gears here to uh one of my least favorite teams in all the NFL. Tell us about Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks and their fantasy prospects in 2023
1: yeah, so going from the quarterback controversy that is the 49ers um, it's very clear in Seattle, which if you would have told me that last summer uh, Wow, I would have I would have called you insane. Yeah, Geno Smith going into 2023 feels like an awesome fantasy pick. I'm just going to start with the quarterback position. He's being priced around quarterback 12 or so, which is probably about where I'd put him. But he finished his QB 5. This is going to be one of the most exciting offenses to watch. Um, you look at the running backs. You've got Kenneth Walker and Sharb. You've got three exciting wide receivers in DK Lockett and jsn uh, i think like your safest pick is you just take geno you get exposure to the entire offense you figure as long as he doesn't regress to his pre-seattle days this is going to be a really safe quarterback that scores a ton of points so i love geno this year i think he's gonna have a great year and you can get him pretty late in drafts the kenneth walker versus sharb kind of debate is uh, i think is really intriguing to look at in his rookie year he finished as the running back 18 about 13 and a half fantasy points per game that was um that was with why, why am i blanking on his Rashad name? Penny.
0: <laughs> like How and that you. is with
1: and that is with Rashad Penny playing for about the first half of the season <laughs> in terms of skill sets you know they're very different kenneth walker has that home run hitting ability that is going to keep him on the field early in the sticks um sharp is more of your dual threat probably more of a goal line running back too which is going to give him work but i think we're going to see kenneth walker get a crack at really taking the bulk of the touches early on in the season and for that reason i'm pretty high on him so that's going to be a really fun backfield to target i don't really know exactly how you want to target it that's maybe one where you just scoop up both I don't really know. Sharp isn't all that expensive given how much he could potentially work into the role, so it wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe just have both of them, especially with Kenneth Walker's injury history. And then you will get the wide receivers, which gets even more complicated as Lockett and DK pretty consistently finish in that wide receiver 2 range, right around wide receiver 12 to 24, which they did last year. Lockett was 13 and DK was 16. If I had to pick one this year, I'm probably going DK, given that I think JSN's skill set is very similar to Lockett. I think he's a much better athlete than Tyler Lockett, but all Tyler Lockett does is overexceed his ADP. It's year in and year out. We're pricing him around wide receiver 25, wide receiver 30. What does he do? Overexceeds about 10 positions. So I don't really know how to do Lockett versus JSN. JSN's more of like my dynasty guy, best ball guy. Lockhead, I'm probably taking those two formats too. Whereas DK, I'd love to have in redraft. I think that's going to be a slam dunk. This is going to be a really fun offense. I think the best way into it is you get Geno Smith. My opinion, the safest way to really get heavy exposure into this offense without really trying to get into the weeds of the running back and wide receiver rooms. Agreed. I think Geno is a great quarterback pick, especially in redraft this year. If you like,
2: don't get in on kind of the elite quarterbacks because their value is getting pushed up so high, as we've seen and talked about in our previous podcast, where like the elite top four are going in the third or second round. Somebody like Geno that's gonna be on a high flying offense, it's gonna pass a ton, is gonna to be a great late redraft target for quarterbacks.
0: Keegan, tell us a little bit about the next team in the NFC West who has a offense that I would compare to like a burning building, like like watching a, a burning building that where like firefighters are trying to save a kitten, maybe like it's it's gonna be that tragic. Tell us a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals and my sweet sweet prince, Rondell Moore. Tell us a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals game.
2: Sure, if if I have to, I will. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, what, I'll try. What, what a great <laughs> team to get assigned to talk about. But no, we're <laughs> here. Treat. Um, yeah, my treat. There is, uh, not much to be excited about if you are an Arizona Cardinals fan, or if you're just a Kyler Murray fan, I mean, things are pretty dark and grim for them. They're in the midst of what I believe to be a massive rebuild, um, new head coaching staff. They've traded away a lot of players, acquired a lot of picks. Um, Deandre Hopkins is no longer a Cardinal and Kyler Murray is still injured now My take on Kyler Murray so far this season is I think he's becoming so cheap in best ball that he might actually. I've galaxy brained into thinking that he might be one of the best best ball targets, especially in this weekly winners format, right? Think about where it's a weekly matchup and you're drafting for that. You take Kyler Murray at like pick 170 and you just stack your roster for weeks like 13 through 17. And all of a sudden, Kyler Murray's playing healthy football again. This is a guy who, on a points per game, basis has been a top 11 quarterback in each of the past four years and most of those being in like top eight so when healthy he is a great fantasy quarterback now if i have to look at this full season which we do but we have to observe the cardinals and, and we have to give some kind of take on them uh it's james connor again right i mean this team Fuck is going to be so Connor. bad,
1: and he's... What a playoff oh. hero. 2022 <laughs> playoff <James> Connor. hero.
0: <laughs> I hate that guy. That guy he's eliminated a- <laughs> me from multiple leagues in week 16. That guy
2: hates me. Dude, he's the best value workhorse running back, again, in fantasy. Um, only Austin Eckler has scored more touchdowns, 38, than James Conner, 26, has in the past two seasons. Only Austin Eckler has outscored James Conner in touchdowns the past two seasons. That is ridiculous. That doesn't and sound real, but I know it's real. But Exactly. exactly. He scores so many, many
1: touchdowns. I don't believe it.
2: His, his ADP right now is like RB28, pick 88, which is, I think, just free money for a running back, basically, at this yeah. point. Um and there's two other people I think you can target in this offense, and it's Rondale Moore and it's Marquise Brown. And I think if it's um, if it's Colt McCoy playing, I actually don't think either of them are bad picks. Marquise actually, I still, I, I love Hollywood, but it's a little expensive to draft him where he's going if Kyler doesn't play the first eight weeks or whatever. But Rondale is pretty cheap. And you know what I know about Colt McCoy at this point in his career? Doesn't like to hold on to the ball doesn't like to get hit and likes to get rid of it which is perfect to Marquise's game and Rondale's game so if you want a piece of the offense you want somebody's going to catch a lot of receptions in PPR format Rondale Moore might be a, a pretty good pick this year I think I might just drink enough of Sean's Kool-Aid to say that but if I'm going to find some kind of value in this offense it's there and if you think Kyler's going to be back sooner than what we think then heck some of these guys might be bargain bend players but and lastly the last thing I'll say is I might Stream players who play the Cardinals defense all year in redraft. Like I might, I might make sure I have one player on my team, like starting on my team each week that's playing the Cardinals. (laughs) I feel like that's just free points. They are going to be a terrible
1: defense this year. I'll be prioritizing the defense and special teams playing the uh, the Cardinals. Also, that exactly. So that 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 will be on my yeah my waiver list every week.
0: One of my biggest flag plants in all of fantasy. Kylan Murray's not playing a game for the Cardinals next year. Flag plant. There we go. Clayton Toon, baby. Toon show. Looney tunes. Looney Toon. I'm tune. tuned up. I'm tuned up for Clayton uh, Toon. Okay, let's move I'm off just... the Cardinals. I've had enough. <laughs> Come on, we're having fun. <laughs> uh, last team in our team-by-team team preview that's going a little bit longer than the last one because, Aiden, you gave me the 49ers. That's your fault, not mine. The last one is the Los Angeles Rams. Whose house? Definitely not the Rams' house. They actually share it. It is also their house with the Chargers and whoever the opposing team is because they have no fans. Mm. Okay, so the major question here for the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not salty that they won a Super Bowl in this lifetime before the 49ers. I'm not at all. How healthy will Matthew Stafford be in 2023? Uh, Matthew Stafford is 35 years old. In 2021, he was an absolute smash at ADP. 2022, he was... The worst pick in fantasy at quarterback last year, I'd say. Twenty fantasy points per game to thirteen. Like yeah, that's atrocious. Bad. That's that's really bad. But reports out of the Rams camp is that Stafford's elbow looks great. Like it's been nonstop positive buds. Reports also indicate that Van Jefferson is moving well after, you know, multiple knee surgeries. Cooper Cup looks great. There's a lot of camp makers hype. Um, but I think this team is really just gonna go where Matthew Stafford takes them in terms of this offense. And what's kind of funny is This offense resembles the Detroit Lions teams that Stafford used to quarterback back in the day. He has an elite wide receiver, right? Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup, Good play caller. It always felt like the Lions were running at a high pace, passing the shit out of the ball, calling good plays, and now they have Sean McVay doing that for the Rams. And the hallmark of the mid-2000s, 2010 Detroit Lions is a bad defense. And oh, baby the uh the Rams defense. I again, I would pay anyone who listens to this podcast $500 if they could name me six plus Rams defensive players off the top of their head cuz they can't. They 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 can't. So I think that's going to create plenty of garbage time passing an opportunity. I think they're going to be losing. I think they're going to the opposing team's going to take their foot off the gas and then Matthew Stafford's going to go garbage time Matthew Stafford and kind of just Will a cover. I think this team's gonna cover a lot of games with Sean McVay, maybe win six, seven games, and I think they're gonna score a ton of points, but but have a terrible defense. So that's kind of where I'm at. I know Cam Akers is a hot topic. Are you guys buying the Cam Akers buzz? Do you think he's contingent on Matthew Stafford being healthy? Because I kind of think everything in this offense contingent on Stafford being healthy.
2: No Cam Akers for me this year. No fan. I like Cam Akers. You like
1: him Yeah, I think to your point, though, uh, it's very contingent on Matthew Stafford, who I'm actually not very in on. They've been trying to shop him all summer, and I think the reports of his elbow are kind of just to put a bow on a pile of poop, and so I'm actually actually not all that
0: high. Why do you say poop? Why do you say poop? <laughs> By the peep. on a pile of poop, peep. Of <laughs> peep. Um, you guys both do that. Know. You guys are like little kids when you say poop. You like giggle. Like <laughs> it's a funny never, word. I, man, I, I say it. I, I I graduated from poop to shit when I was like six years old, and I just started calling him shit. I I, I had a very short shelf life on just the it's, word poop. It's fun know. to
1: say though. Uh, no, word it, poop it, is way it, funnier. It's, than it's pretty much Cooper Cup or nothing for me. Like I I'm not rostering Matthew Stafford unless I have yeah, unless it's best ball and I've already got Cup. But I don't know. I'm like I. I might take Acres. Like the worst part is like how well he finished the year. He like gave us the running back like we all thought he was going to be, and this year he'll probably just be like super average. We'll see though. These last two offenses are going to suck so much. So we'll <laughs> see. Like, the Rams and Cardinals. If you're overexposing yourself to these offenses again, I'd love a spot in your league. Um, feel free to find me on Twitter, Sean. At the if, night, you have-
2: if you have to win this division, you you. Oh, you might
0: just cease to exist. They well, Every other year we have a crazy amount of injuries occur. So, you know, this is this is going to happen. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, but Seahawks 49ers fade the rest pretty much. Unless, Ron, you have Rondale Moore. 70% exposure in best ball. Shout out, Ron yeah, yes. Dale. That will be our NFC South and West team-by-team previews. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Part 2. Stay tuned for Part 3 dropping later in the week. We are so close to our first NFL Sunday. What are we... Sixty-three seven. days away. Yeah, I think it's what are seven, we, seven Sundays. Or no,
1: or was it nine? I think it's nine Sundays. I I saw something today, and I got I got pretty excited. Yeah,
0: nine Sundays. All right, that'll be it. Keegan, anything to say for our listeners before we go?
2: Um, love you.